Hello and welcome back to another episode of the Fantasy Take TV podcast. My name is Zeno. We are going to be reviewing the round five for Supercoach. Um, as all as we need always is George. How are you, buddy? When is it going to end, Eno? All these Valley picks kicking our ass every week. Can't take it anymore. Let's get him in now. But anyway, I'm going okay. Um, how are you? Good, mate. Good. Um, didn't catch... Missed a few games again this weekend with the Easter weekend, so... Um, we'll need you guys to tell me what happened on Sunday, but we'll get to that in a sec. I'm sure JD watched a lot of the Don's game, so we'll welcome him in. JD, how are you? Mate, oh, I've gone worse than George. <laughs> this is this by far been the worst oh. week of the year. And like, I mean, actual football team is crap. Super coach team is crap. I was dad of the year this weekend because Jesus, football was giving me no satisfaction. <laughs> Yeah, well, my team lost as well, so George could probably get into me for that a little bit later. But um, we'll run through the agenda. So the DPPs are added, which is which is nice. The new, or probably the big change this year. So um, they're in, and then we'll have to start, um, you know, discussing how we move our team around, how we use those boosts as well. So we'll talk about that. Uh, the rookies to cut. Who, you know, who's going to make way? Some big decisions to make there. Uh, Mid prices as well. Um, then the primos, of course, who, who we're going to be bringing in. And then, of course, we ended up with the, the captaincy and vice-captaincy. But we'll quickly run through our rounds. I think you probably get how some of us went already. But I scored 2,196, um, which I thought was okay around par, but it ended up not being not being too great. So, look, I still moved up a few thousand spots to 25K because, you know, that's what happens when, when you're that low ranked. You can still move up with an <laughs> under-par score. But, yeah, so not the best week. But, um, yeah, hopefully the trades and stuff can move us forward. George, how did, how did you go? Uh, better. I went up from 34K to 29K. Uh, hip, hip, hooray. <laughs> and uh, yes, 22-02 I scored. Um, bloody Aaron Hall. Why did I bring him in? Uh, hurt. Um, Crips I held. Fielded Rochelle for him, but did field Noddy and Jack Hayes. So you win some, you lose some. How'd you go, JD? Yep, just L's for me this week. I did not field either of the rookie 100s, which hurt my score pretty badly. Also held Crips at 2051, which dropped me 12,000 ranks. I'm sitting just inside the top 20,000. So I think I'm still the highest ranked of the three of us, but I feel the worst about my team still. So I'm uh, I'm a live kill waiting to be caught. Yeah, look, there's still not major points between, you know, the sort of 10... To twenty odd k ranks, but yeah, look, the, I think the people at the very top are starting to make a bit of a gap. So obviously, they're the ones we want to chase. I think I'll and overtake. I just quick. I think I'll overtake yeah. JD on Anzac Day when Lipinski's best on ground against Essendon. Oh. <laughs> no, that's. Oh look, yeah, I actually could be happy for you if that happens, but yeah, I don't. I don't think it will. I don't think it will. Well, look, good, good segue, George. We'll move to some. Probably the first topic and the big topic this week is the DPPs. Um, we'll get to lip later, but we'll start defense and, and we've put down just the relevant ones. Like there was like 50 odd that, that got it. Um, pretty much most of them are relevant, but there's always a few relevant ones in the first, um, instance of it. So we'll read the defender ones. We've got Scott Penderbury, who is averaging quite well to start the year. Dane Zorko actually similar, um, but he's got those injury concerns. And then Nick Dacos is a rookie, got defender status boys who, who, you know, stands out there of the bunch, probably besides Dacos, but the Dependals or Zorko took your fancy as a sort of defender option? 
Not really. I, I don't mind Pendles. Zorko, Zorko is still limping a fair bit mid-game. Uh, I don't want to bring in and bring in an injured player. Can't really afford to. So Zorko is do not touch for sure. Um, <laughs> in the short medium term, I know he he killed us. He killed us <laughs> last year. He really did. Um, I don't want to talk about that. But uh, if, if he's playing sore, like you can't bring him in. Surely not. And then Pendles is scoring well. Pendle's durability was pretty immense for a very long time. He's picked up a few things here and there over the past few years. Um, played more on bowl to tag Neil this week. Still scored okay, though. So look, I love Pendle's. It would be pretty cool owning Pendlebury maybe one last time. So uh, I, I don't see myself bringing either of these players in. And then Dacos, I'll hold to the end of the buys. JD, the same. Uh, I'm probably more interested in Zorko than George just because, I mean, I remember vividly him killing us all of last year. And I don't know, this year's been silly enough that that could happen again, right? Um, <laughs> so, yeah, like he he's had three 100s, like a 116, a 105, and then a 133 last week with the 52 mixed in the middle. And that was against the Geelong side where he was having some setbacks. I think he ended up with only like 65% time on ground, something like that. The thing that makes him interesting is just that he's priced at uh, like sub 520K, which is a really attractive price point. I think the like personally for my team, I've already got five premium defenders. I'm probably not bringing in the six until much later on in the season because Dacos can go there, as George kind of mentioned. I'd rather bring in premium mids and, and players in other positions. But I think if you are looking for a discounted player for the back line, Zorko's shown he has the scoring like as recent as last year. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. I guess it wasn't in that role as the only problem, but I'm, I'd am i be somewhat interested, probably more so than Pendles. Pendles has just been thrown around a little bit too much. Uh, he got more midfield time again, I think, on the wasn't he second behind Dugowie in terms of yeah. midfield? So some halfback, some midfield, uh, and then yeah, the injury concerns as well. I, yeah, I, I don't know. I think, and he's like fifteen k more expensive. I think of the two, I'd probably look more to Zorko, but like yeah, neither, neither for me at the moment. Yeah, I think it's the same. Like there's a, a lot of other attractive options we'll talk about later, but um, yeah, just the age and injury factor for these two guys, like. They're both actually playing really well. Like Zorko's use off halfback is is really nice, and, and Pendle's just I don't know. The man doesn't ages. He was still hitting like insane inside fifty meter kicks mm. all night, but that's what he's done for his career. But yeah, age and, and injury just sort of put me off these guys. Um, look, midline, there's not really anyone relevant since we all want to bring in the big dog mids that that will be you know top eight to ten by the end of the year, and they've already got the mid status. You know, you could argue, yeah, Nick Martin's got relevant. Butter's got it. Heaney missed out. Um, so, you know, you might be able to swing with those guys, but not really relevant as to people, you know, we'll look to bring in. Then the ruck line, we've got Cherry, who who got the ruck status, as, as suggested. Um, I don't think we really need to speak much about him. We should all have him by now. And, um, you know, would you – you probably can't with all the ruck options, you know, field him at R2. So you'll probably sit in your forward line still for a bit. But forward line's really where it you know, it's the main one. That's where all the interest is. Who who gets forward status? Who could become you know a top six to eight forward? And I've got some names here that that you know possibly could. And and Luke Parker's one. George will be smiling about Lipinski. Um, I know he doesn't have Libba here, but I believe he got it as well. Um, yeah. And then 
Charles has got maybe Bont down at, you know, round 12 if he continues to play that forward time. But, yeah, who do you want to speak about here, George? Who, I mean, you can go Filipinski if you want. Do you think he can be top eight forward? Uh, I do apologise. Lipinski probably gets more airtime here than on, on any Collingwood podcast. But, um, yeah, uh, he's around. He was so underwhelming in round four in the midfield. They gave him zero CBAs this week and he got forward status. So, uh, time. I, oh my goodness. Well, I don't know what that was about, but he's scoring okay. He's like last three 93 average, been scaled down a lot, which I've noticed just made a few errors late in games, which really hurt him. Then he's been scaled down a total of 20 points over three games, but who's counting? I don't think I'd bring him in. Um, is he top six? I think it's unlikely. I don't think it's out of the realms, but uh, he needs to recapture the form he had in round one. So I'm still not sure if that's an outlier or not. Um, as every week goes by, it feels closer to an outlier, but I have him, I'm holding. Would I bring him in? Probably not. Uh, the role isn't like he's not getting any CBAs, but he still starts half forward straight in the midfield, no wing or anything like that. So um, he was, a, he was he had a good fourth quarter. Uh but yeah, I probably wouldn't bring him in. I think it was nice if you have him for 350k, see where it takes you. But um, yeah, I, I wouldn't bring him in. The role is just not as good as other others in the forward line. So, And then Luke Parker. Uh, again with Parker, I don't know how much time he's going to spend forward. I've owned him in the past and it is not a fun experience. It's good for three weeks. It's terrible for three weeks. He's a bit like that, so uh, I'm not interested. Parker is probably more relevant than, than Lipinski. Uh, I am not interested, though. I think I have seven forwards at the moment anyway, so I'm not too fussed. So uh, what do you reckon, JD? And then also, just quickly, Libba, probably not. Um, durability, not super great, yeah. but okay. So, yeah. Yeah, I mean, I think for Libba, we, I'm sure we've talked about this in the past. Something would have to happen in the dog's midfield where he all of a sudden gets... The CBS is getting last year, which just isn't happening. So I think that one's pretty easy to say no to at the moment, although he did have a slight uptick in the week just gone. Parker, they're definitely using more forward as they rotate other people through the midfield. And for me, I just don't think he's going to uh, score high enough. Um, so he's at least priced pretty well at 480. I just think the problem is that the go is like three grand cheaper this week and is a player I'd rather have with more CBAs. Uh, than Parker and like bigger part of their midfield. So yeah, I don't know. For me, Parker just like really isn't that interesting at all. Yeah, I I, I can't see myself touching him. Yeah, fair enough. And then the Bont factor. I mean, he was close. I think at like half time, we're probably all thinking he was going to get it. He was playing literally full forward for the first half, but thrown into the mids the second half and and just missed out. But I guess if it does continue, um, it, it, you know, it might be a possibility he gets it in round 12, but it's just can't see him getting that. Like, he's got to be in the midfield. Like, you know, I mean, almost won a brand low last year playing multi, you know, midfield. I know they've got a lot of forward problems and that's why, that, you know, they're sort of robbing Peter to pay Paul, but I don't know. Do you think he can play enough forward for another six rounds, George, to get it? Well, there was a... By the way, does it start uh, from now again or is it added I think on? it's No, I think it's full season. Well... Yep. Bont, there was an article saying they want to play Bont more forward this week from the man himself, Luke Beveridge, who can be always <laughs> trusted with these um, information. So it's possible. I think it's something you can assess down the line. It, look, 
depending on how Brody goes um, over the next, I think most people have Brody, but you can maybe flip him. I have Lipinski. Maybe I can flip him to Bond in the last buy round. Um, also, Hunter is out. So does that mean Baz plays wing half forward-ish? I'm not sure. That's an interesting one. So keep an eye on that. Um, oh, yeah. Asking me to predict what Bevo is going to do, it's not possible. <laughs> Just um yeah, hope yeah. for the best. Yeah. I'm not I'm it, probably probably not gonna I'm not gonna I'm not gonna plan for it because if he's playing forward, he's probably he'll still be top six forward, but uh, his scoring's gonna take a bit of a hit. Probably like one ten ish. Still good though, but yeah, um, it's a yeah, um, belly forwards at the moment. Before we move on to rookies and and primos, probably should swing back to Dacos because look, I glossed over him, but he still is someone that. What's he averaging? 87, 88 at the moment. And how, you know, could we sit him at D6 for most of the season? Or do you think, you know, he will start to sort of regress a little bit? And look, it obviously won't be top six, I don't think. And you'll have to eventually upgrade him. But how long do you reckon? How long do you envisage JD will be, be in our sides for? Sorry, who? Nick Dacos at D6. Oh, Dacos. Uh, yeah, I mean, I think he's the last rookie that we're going to move on unless something happens where he drops a odd 20 or 30. I just think he's the rookie that I'm most confident fielding week in, week out. Probably even more so than Nick Martin, who'd be the only other one that's really up there in consideration for that level of safety at the moment. Yep. On Dacos, so this is similar to what happened with Sam Walsh a few years ago when when we had him as a rook. So basically we're like, okay, we're just going to hold Sam Walsh Walsh through the buyers. It'll be great. And then all of a sudden, like round nine, round 10, his break even crashed and it was in the 400s. And people are like, well, I can just get a bid now. I think he went like 140 in one of those, in one of the buy rounds or something like that. So from memory. So I think um, the temptation will be there to move him on, especially when you, you know, you want your Jack Steele, you want Clayton Olivers and whatnot. So in the midfield, and he's probably one of your tickets to get there. Um, I'll try and resist. We'll see how he goes, but I think he's top, in fantasy, he's like top eight, top six defender at the moment anyway. So averaging 87 here. Uh, I would like to get other rookies off the field before Dacos. So I'll try and hold strong um, and hold him through the buys. So I think that'll be a nice switch. But yeah, he can't be keeper, I don't think, because we have enough defenders going 105. Yep. So should be at least like 15 points um, a game if you get a primo to, from Dacos. Yep. Yeah, it's a lot different in Supercoach. So, look, we'll move on to the rookies then that, that people might be looking to cut or rookies-type mid-pricer um, prices. So we'll start in defence again. So we got Paddy McCartan, who um, I think the week before dropped a 50 because of that slight concussion and whatnot. And then this week came out with another 68. Look, he's, his role is just solid. Um, and he gets a little bit more involved than other key defenders do in sort of the rebounding. So, um, look, what do you guys reckon? Would you be against or for someone trading out McCartan this week if look that's all they had or um would you would you hold strong JD? Uh so break even of twenty nine, I think a decent matchup against the Hawks. I'd be willing to hold him. If we weren't trading Hinge who missed a week at four K more, I don't see why we would trade McCartan who's shown that he has the ceiling to spike um like a decent score and continue that cash gen. Uh, so, yeah, I don't know. I th- think he's a hold. Most people should have at least 
one or two other options that are better to trade this week, whether it be someone like a Bowie, a Horn Francis, or a Rao. Yep. I think the dilemma is this week is someone has to go because we want Primo mids now and they are going to go early. So is McCartan the one? Um, I wouldn't be the end of the world if you got rid of him. I think he can get to low 300s, so probably hold for now. So yeah, I'm happy to hold. If we weren't in a hurry to get these primos in, like he's 100% a hold, but people entertaining the idea. I think Hinge probably doesn't need to be talked about by all of us. He looks to be set to return this week. Um, look, I'm not, I think I said in my video, not the biggest fan of the matchup and the, you know, the ground and the playing down at Ballarat. I think I don't want to remind us, but, you know, I think most defenders last year were poorly there and we can Caleb recall Daniel. one small man that uh, burnt us all. But yeah, so look, I still want to hold him though. His role's great. And, and when he gets back to, you know, good oval and <laughs> ones that aren't blowing a gale, then I think he can make another 100K. So I don't think he's gone anywhere. Big one's Jason Horn Francis. I've seen a lot of people sort of turfing him. Not the greatest performance on the weekend. Would you guys be trading out the Hornet? I don't want to, but I'm going to. That's probably <laughs> the best answer I can give you. Uh, yeah, just trying to get rookies off the field. Uh, look, I... Uh, he scored 39 against the Dogs, probably the hardest midfield matchup. North were really, really bad. North's fixture isn't very kind either, upcoming. I think Juan Francis will back, uh, bounce back, probably scores 80 this week, makes a bit more money. Uh, Roll is still pretty solid, but um, if I want a Petrarca or Oliver, unfortunately, he has the most money tied into him. That's the most expendable. So I'm not super comfortable getting rid of Juan Francis, but... At least I will have a 600k mid in his place. So, can it really go that bad if you have a big dog mid now? Hopefully not. So, yeah, yes, but I don't want to. That's the answer. What do you think, JD? I think that's right. Like, I'm probably holding him as the right move for a lot of people that can. But if you are looking to move pieces this week to upgrade to, uh, you know, English Petrarca, whoever else we'll talk about shortly, then he does seem more expendable. I mean, it's not going to be someone like a Dacos or a Berry. Uh, and I don't think, you know, someone like a Cherry is the right option. I think Rochelle is the right option this week just because he's got a very low break even. So it looks like it's Juan Francis, even though I think over the next four to five games, he's probably going to come good just given the amount of CBAs he's getting. Uh, but yeah, with with a 39 in his rolling average and then games against Geelong and Carlton over the next couple of weeks, that says to me that like he's probably only going to make another 10 to 20K over the next two weeks. And so if you think you'd trade him within the next three weeks normally anyway, then there's no reason not to go on him now. But if he's someone that you think you're going to hold much longer than that, then, yeah, maybe you can hold him. So I think it's it's more just because the 39 is going to really hamper his cash generation in the short term, which is probably when you're going to trade him. It's the same reason why I was kind of for trading um, Bowie last week, because even though he made his break even and kind of 
made a little bit of cash. He's still got the same break even same. this week and you're yeah. in the same situation. So yes, you got the points on field, which is good, but you're not getting any extra cash gen. And so if it's someone that you're looking to move on anyway, you may as well move on now if you know they're going to stall for the next couple of weeks. And I think that's the the situation we're in with Horn Francis. He's probably going to make another 50 to 80K more across the next 10 weeks. But if you were realistically going to trade him in the next three weeks anyway, you may as well do it now. Yeah, look, it's just a gamble. Look, he was not as bad as the 39 suggests. Correct. Like, totally he's agree. still got 18 touches, nine clangers. It's just the killer. I think he had a few handball clangers early. What he had that set shot that he kicked on the full. And then when you get pumped, like it just it doesn't help. So um, I don't have to trade him, which is which is a luxury to have. But yeah, as you guys said, I don't think it's the worst thing in the world to be trading him. It's just he still has a you know good score in him. It's just you're just hoping he doesn't produce it too soon. Um, some other rookies. Like, yeah. Sorry, just like a pretty important thing this year is we are getting a lot of cash generation out of our rookies. I, I feel like for the most part, like, you know, Hayes, Martin, Rochelle, Horn Francis, Dacos, it feels like more so than other years we've we've been getting a lot of cash generation, plus a lot of the mid prices have worked yeah, out, which doesn't always exactly. happen as well. And so that means it's probably not as important as it has been in other years to try and like exactly trade out someone at the top price. Um, but instead trading them out a little bit earlier just so you can more aggressively upgrade and start banking those points from better premiums earlier. And I just, Horn Francis is the one that's in the best situation to do that this week of the rookies, um, which is, yeah, why he's in that boat. But yeah, no, I think almost every other year you wouldn't be trading Horn Francis in this situation. It's just... Yep. We're in a, it's yeah, a victim of circumstance. I think before we mention the others, we should actually one that's not down here is Jared Berry because I think a few people still have him. I know George, you got rid of him, but me and JD still have him. His break even is still quite low at 20 something, I believe, and it's 37. You know, 37. Okay, so he's just been pumping out 70s. Um, you can't really get on and get a ton, but um, it's more that shoulder when you watch him play, you're just a little bit nervous at that and set him back and put him out of a game because, look, he's he's soldiering on and he's still putting on pressure and tackling and stuff, but it really does look to be affecting him. So, um, look, I assume we're holding on, JD. I don't think anyone will be trading him. He's still got a very, uh, you know, fairly low break even, but, um, yep. yeah. Yep. What's your thoughts I, on him? I, I, yeah, I think he's one bad game away from becoming a must-trade. Um, so if he puts up like a 40 or something like that, then he's going to have to trade him out that week just because it's going to ruin his cash generation. But I hope he can keep ticking away just because the over the next five weeks, it's Gold Coast, Swans, West Coast, Adelaide, and then Hawks. So really four out of those five matchups are quite nice. So as long as he doesn't drop one of those stinkers, I think he could get up to even as high as 450 if he spikes a good game. So a fair bit of cash generation left in him. But I think... It's going to be a little bit like some of these others where, you know, maybe he does like a 70 next week. His break even gets up to about 60 or whatever. And it's like, yeah, there's more cash to make in him, but he's he close go. enough yeah. to the top that you can move him on if it means getting in a good player that week. So, yeah, I could see him kind of going anywhere from next week to like five weeks from now, depending on how the fixture and other rookies play out. Yeah, fair enough. Uh, we'll let George speak about the next one. Um, Gold Coast. Nine Brownlow votes in the first three games. Looked to be the next big thing. Matty Rao just hasn't come together after a really impressive round one. It's just it's just been disappointing. He just can't get his you know, he had thirty touches, I think, in that round one and he really hasn't gone close close since. So George, what what have you seen with Rao in the last couple of weeks? 
I don't know whose fault this is. Like, is Rao just playing bad? Is he, like, injured? Is he the role? I don't know exactly what's going on. Um, preseason and round one, he was pretty good. And now he's looking like last year's Rao. So basically watching him at stoppage, he mans up on whoever. So I think this game was mostly still and a bit of uh, Brad Crouch. And he just look focuses a bit too much on his man and not the ball, I think. And he's just second to the ball all the time. I don't know what's happened here. I don't know if it's just a defensive role. He doesn't spread as well. Like you just watch Tuke and Anderson spread really well. He does not spread. Like the ball exits the contest and he's, you know, a few meters behind the others. So I don't know. He looks lost in the midfield. So I am trading him for sure just because his break even is 100. He could come out and look like the round one row or he could come out and look like the row of the past month. Um, I think it's more likely the row of the last month comes out. So uh, he's a one I'll happily trade this week. So I don't know what's happened. He was looking like borderline keeper potential to... Well, he's put some good points on the board at least. I think he's still averaging 90-something. So um, wasn't a failed starting pick, but um, just we wanted more. And uh, yep. yeah, it's, I, I've no idea if they've coached out. Um, I think coach has been in his head too much or whatever. I'm not sure what's happened, but I don't like what I see and he's gone. Agree the same, JD, or not much yeah. more to add? Yeah, I mean, like he's made 60Ks, average 92. In most years, it's not a win, but it's like at least not a failure either. It just feels like a failure this year because there are so many mid-prices that have popped off. Uh, but yeah, it's it's really weird. I wonder if he's re-aggravated the groin or something like yeah, that. Yeah, I was just thinking so, It's so strange to see him go from someone that in the two preseason games in the first game was basically hunting a ball, winning everything, throwing himself like to be on the bottom of the pack and be first to it. And yeah, to George's point, it's like reactive. It's, it's, I don't know if this is some coaching thing on the defensive side of his game. I, to me, I, that can't be it. It's just, it is, you had one of the best ball winners in the league and you've turned him into the shadow of himself. If that's what your coaching technique is. So I don't know. To me, it just probably is a groin re-aggravation and he's going at, 75 80 um but yeah he's a he's a must trade he's we're talking about we got to start getting rid of these people to get um our premiums and he is one where his break even is what 103 now so it's actually above his average he lost 200 this week which is you know, basically was flat he's just the obvious one to move on and in a lot of teams so yeah given he's at 400k and it's only 180 200k to kind of um that you need to put on to to get him up to someone good then gotta go Yep, I think he's absolutely all but gone from my team this week. So it's, it's disappointing to see. We all do love watching him play, but he just hasn't come together and um, just can't find the ball enough. Like he's only getting his 16, 17, 18 touches and it's just, just not enough um, when that's all he's doing. All right, we'll move on. We'll go down to some forward rookies. Um, I think uh, if we could quickly speak about Josh Ward, I think he turned the corner on the weekend. I don't – look, he – had some bad moments, no doubt, watching him play. But I think the last quarter was pretty promising in a close game. He he used the ball well under pressure, but there is going to be those those moments. But I don't think he's someone you just flick if you've held on now. Like he still has a role. He still had over twenty CBAs. He was he was in amongst the midfield. So um, I'm totally you know 
don't have to field him. I totally get that. That's what I wanted to avoid this week. But, you know, he, he could get to 300K now. Just the the role's there. So I don't know if you guys have anything more to add on Ward, but he's, I don't think you'd be trading him if you held on to him. So the one thing I was going to say is like when we're talking about Rao, Ward was the other player that comes to mind that I looked on the weekend and it just said like what has happened to him because the, what I've seen as a junior and even in some of the preseason games to what was happening in the last couple of weeks, it just lo- looked like he'd lost his ability to play on instinct. And then he found it again in the fourth quarter. And I'm not sure if that's just because it's like fourth quarter games on the line. You kind of do whatever you need to do and stuff like structure. And that goes out a little, little bit out of the window. Like, so you, you're forgetting what the coach is talking to you about and you're just playing how you know how to play the game. So that's the part that worries me because like the fourth quarter was good. Hopefully they tell him like, hey, whatever you're doing in the fourth, go out and do that. <laughs> like forget everything else we're teaching you. But I just don't think that's going to be the case. Like there's going to be have bad moments. <laughs> structure in a system. Uh, the most promising thing was that obviously last week he dropped a lot of his um, CBA. So I think he'd gone from, yeah. yeah, he'd gone from 73% in round three to 18% in round four. And then they put him back up to 75%, which was tied with Newcomb, um, which, is, which is really promising, especially in a win. And... Like, yeah, I mean, props to Sam Mitchell. He's blooding youth in that midfield and they're getting wins out of it. So I think they'll persist with it. It's just, can they coach him to keep playing like the fourth rather than what we saw in quarters one to three? What did you say, George? You traded him out, right, for O'Driscoll? I, I wanted to hold because like the writing was on the wall. He had to come good at some point because there were, the signs were there. It's just a matter of time. I, I was patient, waited four rounds. <laughs> I didn't want. I didn't want to field him, so I think I got an extra thirty points by bringing Brody in. But um, yeah, he's fine to hold for now. I think he's probably expendable in a few weeks. Still, just depends on how he goes. So I think you, you definitely hold. Um, you could trade if you needed to trade somebody. I think um, he showed like he could have easily scored ninety that game. Just it's part of his game, though. He just makes a lot of. Bad yeah, errors. Keep and, happening. Uh, like he he dropped a mark inside fifty. Yeah. Could have kicked the snag. That's like he got done holding the ball straight up. Yeah, that, that, that's a that's a twenty five point swing. I think he lost like eleven points for that. So yeah, it's uh yeah. I, I don't want him anywhere near my. I wouldn't want him on the field. So um, that was reason main reason why I traded. But um yeah, yeah. see how he goes. He, he's shown some good signs. Shown some bad signs. Keep him on the bench. See how he goes. Yep, I think we'll quickly do a, do one last rookie here, one one that you guys own, then I don't. But Josh Rochelle, who I think I was watching the game, was mostly missing until the fourth quarter, where I think that's just in his blood. That's does what he does, pops up, kicks a goal, and then and kicks another one late when the game was sort of already done. But um, for most of the game, was pretty much unsighted. So. Look, he's uh, not going anywhere. What, what's his break even, JD? You said six. it before. I think six, it's six. Yeah. So it's like he's, he's obviously not one. going anywhere. Yeah, he's got the 100 from last week and he's rolling average, So, um, which just for one more week. So break even is six for this week. I think even if he scores well, just because he's coming off now of 49, he's going to have a pretty high break even next week. So looks like one that you might move on next week for, I don't know, around 300K unless he spikes another big score and gets that um, break-even low again. I just see that as pretty unlikely given that they're up against the dogs this week. Yep. Anything more, George? Or... With these rookies, it's it's interesting. I remember having Callum Wilkie a few years ago and I held him for like 16 weeks and he got to 380K. Like, he only averaged 70-odd, but... Um, you know, these guys can get to mid 300s like Horn Francis and Richelieu. They'll get there. 
it's just similar Come boat. On. Like we need, you know, I want to get Tim English. I think he's probably going to keep going up in price. So, you know, it's you need you need to get these guys off the field. You need to upgrade your team fast. You need to grab points. It's just a very fast paced game this year. More trades, more value everywhere. Cash gen's insane, as JD was saying before. So, uh, I'm I'm happy to let him go for three hundred odd. Um, but if I don't have to get rid of him, I'll more than happily hold him an extra few weeks. Um, but yeah, another one where I don't really want him on my field because I don't know if I'm going to get 100. I don't know if I'm going to get 40. So yeah, yep. I, I might let him go probably two weeks. We'll, we'll see, yep. how, see his break even, but uh, yeah, this no. week is definitely a hold and then yeah, go from there. Like the big scores are in him. Like we've seen two of them in, in the first five rounds and he can easily do one of them again. So um, we'll move on because this next section probably will have a lot of us talking and um, that is the Rucks. So who we're bringing in and then we'll, we'll just start with the Rucks because, I mean, I tweeted the other day, like this is this year is just Rucks Simulator. There is so many relevant Rucks. It is not even funny. Gorn, can we just talk Grundy, about... No, no, no. We need to talk about the big man. The big oh, man yeah, we will. We'll, get to, we'll get to it. We'll get to it. But literally, <laughs> right. the relevant Rucks, Gorn, Grundy, the big man, Wits, English... Jackson to an extent, Cherry, Jack Hayes, Hugh Dixon, Bruce, and now Sam Hayes who debuted. And look, I put BJ Williams there, but I don't really want to speak about him on this podcast. Um, <laughs> <laughs> like Sean Darcy, I mean, I actually didn't watch the game, which is the most funny part about this. I held the man for five weeks and I couldn't even watch it because I was out for Easter Sunday with the family. But you two watched the game. I, I, how, how did the, how did the big man look? <laughs> He was uh, so fun to watch. I was just thinking, like, <laughs> I wish Eno was watching this. He was, he could have kicked four goals. He was clunking the marks. He was around the ground. He did the celebration. Like, it was, it was a whole, the full package. Um, mate, this game uh, is meant to be fun after all. And I, that's the reason yeah. I was honestly right. half held him. But <laughs> there was nothing fun about that game at all. Um, that game was, the first half was all right. And then it was garbage after that. Now, uh, you're not going to like what I'm going to say. I, <laughs> you guys aren't bringing him in. I know. <laughs> I didn't think he was that good. Um, and so the only reason I'll say that was like when the game was pretty close and contested for the first half, I don't think he scored that well. I'm not sure if um, we can bring up like off I'm sure you guys said he didn't touch the ball for ages. Like he was just... I, I, he was non-existent in the first quarter. The second yeah. quarter, I think he started coming to life. And that was when the game was so close. And then when Essendon got blown open in the third and fourth, that's when he did a lot of his scoring. Um, you know, and he was kicking the goals as kind of uh, George was talking about. So like, th that's the only like reservation I'd have as a Darcy. And obviously like as a great score and like, uh, I guess like well, well deserved for holding him as long as you have. Um, but yeah, that was the that's the only reservation, which is he was playing up forward. I thought a fair bit, and yeah, late wasn't man. getting wasn't getting in. I don't know, but Essen was just so bad. It's one of those games where it's just it's really hard to get a read on. Is this him turning the corner and being really good, or is it just like the other team sucking so much that anyone can look like a star in a given week? You know, like yeah. Brody or Driscoll or Darcy, all these <laughs> bums that just look good because Lipinski. they're not my team. Yeah, 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 yeah. Lipinski this week. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, hold Grundy. He's going like if Darcy went 120, what's Grundy going to be 150 again, right? Far yeah. Out. yeah. 
Sorry, I'm just more upset at Essen than anything else. I don't know. I was, I was when he, when he started like we'll taking on. ridiculous marks. I was like, oh, at least Enno's getting something out of this game. <laughs> I wasn't freaking watching. Sorry, right, I watched the KO mini. I had to. I had to. Um, I think we should move on to probably the bigger topic, and that's Brody Grundy because he's probably the most owned ruckman um, for all of us, and he's the most traded out ruckman. You know, besides Matty Rao, I think he's the most next most traded out player. Um. What are we doing? What What did you make of that Thursday night game? It wasn't wasn't pretty, but I think it was his worst score in eight years. I think I saw Tim yeah, Michelle tweet, which like is that. just crazy. But it just what zero marks, zero tackles. It's not a the Grundy we know. So I don't know, George. What What's I think we should more talk about not just him, but also the strategy with all the players and you know Bruce and Hayes coming into one. What's your overall take on on the Grundy trade out? I think the Grundy's problem is he has $7 million and he doesn't know what to do with himself because we made excuses for him in 2020. Oh, I'm not motivated, no, not motivated with the hubs. 2021, I'm supposed to get back to his best a little better. This year, preseason, he's back. He's dominating. He looks as fit as, as he's ever been. Then he dished up that. So, yeah, speaking about Grundy specifically, uh, the week before, he had like six marks and no, he had five marks and six tackles. This game, he had zero and zero. Um, his stat line, apart from that, wasn't too bad. Like, I don't know, 14 touches, and decent man hit outs. Yeah, again, like, Bruce, Bruce and Hayes are there, and if you've got Grundy and someone else, you can't get them both. Get them all. Yeah. All gone. So, um, yeah, it's a hard one. I... I back him in to respond. This is like Zach Butters, right? Zach Butters put in two really bad games. Maybe he was injured, but you know, we don't forget. He was a gun. He was unreal in the preseason games. He was getting supposed to be getting a lot of midfield minutes in the preseason. He was standout at training. All these great things. You know, what was it? Hamish Harlot on radio. Oh, he's, you know, his attitude will make him one of the best plays in the competition. That doesn't go out the window because of one bad game. I know Grundy's looked a little bit, you know, he scored okay, but hasn't looked super great. A bit like last year, though. He scored pretty well last year, and he didn't always look super great. Four 90-plus scores in the past four weeks. I'm in no position to trade him. I've overtraded Aaron Holt in and out uh, on top of what I've already done. It's just absolutely killed me. So um, I'll be holding. Now, do you want... I think the question. Move on to the next well, question. Well, I think we should actually. actually in, get, sorry, yeah, go, get JD's take on Grundy. Explain it. Well, we're in all three different positions, right? George, you've already got yeah. Bruce and Grundy. JD's got a sort of half Wits and and Grundy, and then I've got Darcy and and Grundy. So, yeah, I mean, go JD. What what is your yeah. thoughts on Grundy? But we should speak about that. Yeah. So there's two things here. Is trading out Grundy classically a good super coach move at this point in the year and the answer is no this Hell type no. of sideways of a premium is almost always a bad trade as you said lower score in eight years yes maybe grundy is not he's 120 self but he's enough to be within the top three four rucks he's durable and his next three matchups are really nice um essendon i think he's gone 150 in both of the last two anzac days um gold coast he went 140 on last year and then tigers who he went 140 on last year as well so the next three he's last games against them are all like a one what 145 average call it so it it seems silly to trade him out and we've already seen this kind of backfire 
with gone this year where people traded him out on the back of a couple of poor games and then he bounced back to what you knew he would be uh and, and people got better like am i saying that granny's going to do the same not necessarily but it's likely um but the wrinkle in it is that we do have really good downgrade options that you typically wouldn't have in a normal super coach year so it's not normally when some of these rucks have a bad game and they've got a high break even you don't have someone like Proust that you could trade down to that's coming off two 100s has a break even in the negative 90s and it's looking like you'll make 100k super easily over the next couple of weeks and if getting him onto the field which is better than every other rookie you have and then upgrading any of those other rookies that you'd have on field to a premium midfielder who's going to outscore Grundy you can effectively gain 20 30 points plus cash doing that sideways trade so there's reasons why this doesn't work trading Grundy is probably bad but just given the other circumstances with people's teams it is a trade that feels like it could work out this year especially with boosts coming into play as well so it's one that i'm not ruling out for consideration even though oh yeah say it for the third time typically not a move that should work and here's where i sit so i have the two big prima rucks um i'll go back to you jd on on wits in a second but you know i have darcy grundy and then you know hugh dixon at r3 say Proust gets named this week whether it's double ruck or on his own whatever you want to get him in he's got the you know he's just got two tons he's got a massively low break even sam hayes is coming next week look i don't think he was massively impressive from what you guys are saying um he didn't get around the ground well. He got, I think he got 11 hitouts to advantage, which was pretty much all of his score. But he is a 123k ruck who is going to be playing for the next 10 weeks unless they drop him and manifest someone else into the ruck who's not really a ruckman. So there's Bruce and Hayes, who both are only ruck status, and there's only really three rucks, ruck slots, and I got two big rucks. Well, that's the other side of the coin, and that's where Grundy out for me just becomes more and more enticing to get those two guys um, into my team for cash gen. So I know you're not in the position to do it, George. You've already got rid of the big ruck quite a while ago. Um, but that's oh, where wow. I'm sitting and that's <laughs> that's why I'm really leaning towards it. Um, first of all, what's your thoughts on that, George, if you're in my situation? And plenty of people still have Gorn and Grundy from round one and haven't touched it. Okay, I think we can break it down here. Is Proust a must-have? So I think we'll go around... What do you think, Anno? Is Proust a must-have? I'm saying no, but that's so much bias because of what the situation I'm in. JD? If Proust is named as the solo ruck on Friday, he is yeah. a must-have. If they name Flynn and Proust, I still lean more likely to must-have than not must-have just because I think we need the cash generation for upgrade sooner rather than later uh but i can see arguments for why he wouldn't be just given durability he's already been suspended twice he plays for gws there's a bunch of reasons why he couldn't be but like i lean more towards him being someone that we need to have than not negative 93 break even so if he literally takes the field it's like the two tons games. in the first two weeks that make it i so think he's it's he, he's risky it could blow up because he's proof but the reward outweighs the risk at the price for that reason i think he is okay 
So I think we think overall consensus is yes, must have. Is yes. Sam Hayes a must have? I'll start. So at the end of the day, he's a 123K ruck who is mature age. He's been waiting for opportunity for a long time. He rucked okay competitively in the hitouts. His tank is not good from what from the one game sample we've seen. They were saying, like Dermy was saying in the commentary, you know, poor look at Sammy Hayes go, he's gassed. And it's the third quarter. Um, yeah, we've got a lot of his points from hitouts advantage, not a lot of around the ground stuff, but he's got a 70 in, in his system. Um, his average, okay, so if his average is 82 in the sample, what does what's he going to average in AFL level? 70? I don't know. 70. Um, I'm going to say no, but if you can get him in, I would, because we have a lot of other good rookies, but um, just because we have good rookies now doesn't mean the ones coming in will be good. And Sam Hayes will be one of the better ones we get throughout the year. Yeah, it's I mean, like, like how he, many? Yeah. If he averages 75, so he's going to make 200K over the first yeah. six, seven weeks. Like, that's the thing. Basically, by, by the time he's by hits in round 12, he'll be at 330K. That's a lot of money. Yeah, I've just got Rob flashbacks. I know he's probably not going to be as good as Rob because no. Rob yeah. was waiting for so long for his chance. He was like four or five years in the system, but I mean, he made like five years in the system. I guess he had two knees though. Mm. Rob, I don't think ever had a major injury, but I mean, yeah, look, Hayes, look, it's just his first game in the AFL. Maybe it'll take a little bit to, to get going, but I guess you can't change a tank overnight, but um, what did Rob make? Like close to 400 freaking K. Like, <laughs> yeah, I've just got that. I just don't, I can't do, like, I can't be missing that. Not saying that Hayes will, but I think it's got to be 200 plus as a first ruck. Like if you don't, if you don't make that from 120 K, then there's something pretty wrong. So that's where I'm yeah. sitting. And that means that's why Grundy out is just really, um, really enticing. Cause even if Grundy does respond, okay. So you go, I actually expect him to, to be honest. Like, yeah, I don't yeah. see how he doesn't. So that's what, again, makes it harder again. Honestly, all four of Grundy's scores had been good, by the way. Like, if he'd done a 53 been and solid. had yeah. four other scores, you no one would be entertaining this. It's just because nope. he just, just dropped the 53 and now has a negative break even. I don't know what the hell about like, he was still going really, well. Really, really yeah. yeah. Like there's a lot of Gondi owners. What what are they? What is your advice to them? None of us are, but <laughs> Yeah, cuz cuz effectively what you're weighing up then is like I you maybe like just getting one of Pro or you have Hayes. To skip one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Who are you skipping? I guess we have to end on this discussion. Oh, Who do you skip? So you skip I, Hayes. Yeah, oh. I think no, I, I think I'm more likely to skip Hayes. And just like the reason why is he was really gassed. Like it was woefully bad he was okay. walking up and down the corridor in the fourth quarter they were playing like Finn Layson in the ruck um he, he just like Hayes got involved in zero chains around the ground because he literally couldn't move into a space where they would do it and even when he was open they weren't kicking to him which to me like was a pretty worrying sign um Red so flag. 11 hit outs to advantage which is what he got from his 20 taps is elite numbers for AFL and I just don't know if that's sustainable. Maybe it is, and he's just an excellent tap right. That's all he is. Yeah. Yeah, and that's and that's fine. He'll be good enough to score a 70-75. But I worry that, say, this week it goes back to five or six, and they're still not using around the ground because he's gassed straight away, that all of a sudden he's like more like a 50s or 60s and just not that good of an option. Yeah. Um, had, or at um... least not that good compared to Proust. So 
yeah, that's that's the only thing that I'm I'm worried about. Like, I I do really want to see the second game on Hayes this week before going. Like, that is someone we must have. I, I guess like just compared to the other first game, as though he's still the standout option, and so that's the other caveat I'll put on it. Only so Hobbs stat- comes close. His stat line is two kicks, three handballs, one mark, four tackles, three frees, four, one free against, twenty hitouts, eleven. Was it eleven to advantage? Something yeah, like that. yeah, yeah, eleven to advantage. No, that's a five. Wait, so how many, really how many frees did he get? Three, three. one against, so and four so tackles. Yeah, it it sounds less so, enticing. So three of go. the five disposals were from free kicks, and then two were earned. I think oh boy, so. that's bad. That's bad. <laughs> I mean, maybe because those frees were in the ruck, maybe some of them were like taken advantage of by midfielders, and so he didn't get possessions for all three of them. But like, yeah, I mean, yeah, that's, it's one game, got, first game. Yeah, yeah, that's and that you're like, you know, Eno makes some great points that it is first game. He's come back from injuries. Port aren't doing great, although they came back obviously pretty well in that game. Um, and he had low time on ground, so just sixty eight percent. Where it's hard is you'd like, cool, I can get a second look at him, get Bruce in this week and, you know, decide next week. But the Grundy out factor is he has to go this week kind of because of the high break even and everything. So it's like you have to commit to that side of it this week without getting to see Hayes' second week. Who, mind you, is against BJ bloody Williams. So... Yeah, so the, the uh, only thing I guess we'll say on the trading Grundy front is you have to be bringing in two premiums Both this of week. Them. Yeah. Oh, and yeah. yes. Yes. And you're only doing it to get these two guys. And well. if you like, like, these, yeah. are, these are good premiums as well. It's not speculative stuff. You're not bringing in Luke Parker or Zorko, like some of the other players we're talking about. You're bringing in proper premiums if you're trading at grinding this week. You yeah. probably bring in like an English in the forward line and then a yep. primo mid. Yeah, I think we should move on. We think that was a ruck yeah. for about twenty minutes. <laughs> I'm still no clearer on it. It's important though. Again, yeah. but it is very important. Yes. Um, but let's get on to the other lines and, and other premiums we'll be bringing in, and oh. maybe some ones with issues first. And that's Whitfield and Ridley. I mean, we've spoken about them. Oh, I get nausea now every, every week, week on every this podcast. Week. So Jeez. I'm gladly a non-owner of both. I was Whitfield at the start, and and he was gone to Heaney before before you could know it, but. Um, Watching him on the weekend, what what did you guys notice um, in the the most recent game? I think it was his most disposals for quite a while. So, what what did you see, JD? I liked what I saw out of Whitfield, which you know, given his average score, people may be surprised with. Uh, he was just a seventy three, which is to me so surprising because he did go at seventy six percent and only had the five clangers. So to have negative twenty eight DT to super coach to me just seems like crazy. I didn't think he was that bad. Um, I guess the low contested numbers hurt. And then some of the clangers came early in a game where GWS got destroyed. So you just get negatively scaled for the rest of the game on the back of that. But I li- his role was better, which is what we thought with coming being out. Uh, what was a little bit disappointing was Melbourne didn't score many behinds. So he didn't actually get many of the kickouts <laughs> we were expecting him to get off comings. He just had the two, which was the same as the week before. But yeah, a lot more uh, run and carry, getting involved in chains, his disposal still wasn't the best and uh, some of the uh, – it's really hard to know because it's GWS as well. Like sometimes you'd see him get involved in these chains and he'd kind of look up to do the kick and then would hesitate and it would then get him into trouble. And is that because GWS aren't putting the options up forward for him or, you know, there's something going on with Whitfield? But 
whatever the situation is, it looked closer to the Whitfield that we expected we were going to get this year, both in terms of role and what he was doing within the role. Um, so that was all really promising stuff, despite the poor Supercoach score for the week. What did you notice, George? Yeah, uh, exactly what JD said. It Definitely the role was improved. I don't know exactly what the split was between uh, wing and halfback, but I feel like he was making more plays that half-forward not necessarily playing half forward, but you know, in that area. So they were, I thought, yeah, the spoilers were up. He looked better. Copped a hit as well. Like he's copped hits, I think, three out of five games now. Um, but he hasn't yeah. died from any of them yet. So that's an yeah. improvement on previous years. Yeah. So <laughs> um, they're kind of, it's just weird how it's kind of unlucky as well. So it's just weird how he keeps attracting these, like gets caught in a tackle, just stuff like that. So. Um, I thought it was encouraging what I saw a little bit better. And I was saying to you boys before we started the podcast, that the reality with Whitfoot is he's not a good user anymore. He hasn't been since 2020. So it's a, this is like bad disposal games are going to happen often. And they've happened often this year, happened often last year. We thought it was just rust last year because of a lack of preseason, but just makes too many errors now. I think David King gave him a, um, bit of a spray in the media as well. I can't remember. Some media did wrote an yeah. um, article on him. So, look, I, mean, I think the, the, it wasn't the headline that was like symptomatic of what was wrong with GWS. But um, really, like the only thing that's wrong with GWS is the coach, and everyone knows it. And the fact that he's not being criticized week in, week out for years on end is beyond insane to me. Uh, um, the only other thing I'll say on Whitfield, by the way, is like his price at 460, like you can't really trade him out to anything nah. good. And no, you hold, like you this hold. is. Like maybe a somewhat bold take, but I think after his buy in round 11, is it? Is that the first buy round 11? No, round 12. 12. People may be looking to bring him in as like a cheap D6 to finish their sides <laughs> if they don't have him. I like, like, I think the corner will turn at some point for Whitfield and he'll be cheap enough that he'll be enticing. Look, I'll, I'll put a positive out to people who still own him. Toby Green's back this week. I don't know how the club works and the players, but maybe they walk taller and perform better when he's back in the side. I don't know. But they really don't look too flash right now. So I think if you committed um, now, you hold now. Oh yeah, you're not trading him. The next guy again is someone people still hold, uh, still own, and and been tempted to trade. I know many have. And that's Jordan Ridley, and I don't know. I'll go straight to JD. What what did you see? I just that the game plan doesn't work, and his role is not as good as it was last year. And I just don't think that's going to improve, is it? It's just what and it is. Essendon suck. I mean, we've we've faced. So four of our five losses have been against top eight sides. And I think um, three of them are the top three on the ladder at the moment. So it's not like we've competed against bad teams, but we've been so far off the contest for multiple quarters in those. It's not like, oh, if you give us an easier opposition, then we're a shoe in to win. I don't think that's the case either. Essendon's just pretty bad this year. And it does make it hard for Ridley. Um, just because if you don't have your midfield and even pressure. your forwards to an extent putting the pressure on to create poor kicks inside 50, it just makes it really hard for people in those roles. Like if you're watching Sicily on the weekend who obviously had a standout game, that first quarter Hawks midfield was putting a lot of pressure on. The ball was coming in pretty poor to um, Geelong's forward 50. Multiple intercept marks Sicily took. It looked like they were kicking it to him on his lead rather than to the Geelong forward. You're just not getting any of that with Essendon's forward 50. Exact same problem they had against Geelong in round one where everything was hitting Geelong um, inside on the chest. No defenders touching those balls. Like just this is 
the problem with being a defender in Essence and shit team. And then uh, on top of that, like Sicily is a good comparison just because the role is so much better at the moment. Um, so even though Sicily's not getting kick-ins, Ridley got, I think, 7 of 10 or 12 on the weekend, which is a lot of kick-ins. Um, but there's no chip-to-chip in the back half at all. So Sicily is getting a lot of um, easy um, kick-mark play on top of that, which just helps boost your score. Ridley gets none of that because Essendon's not doing that game plan. I think I've said that every week for the last like, three or four weeks. Essendon's game plan is not super coach-friendly for Ridley. Um, and yeah, that's that hasn't changed at all. So I mean, I traded him out after 100. I don't think anything's changed for me. I just don't think he's going to be a top six option. And even though Whitfield like scored worse, I'm still more optimistic on him than I am on Ridley at the moment. I think a lot has to turn around with Essendon for Ridley to be super coach relevant. Yep, I don't think I have anything more. I agree with that. I think George will either. So we'll move on to the guys we'll be bringing in, and I think we can move on to, to Sicily because. George has been a believer for for a while, and and he put it out there on the podcast last week. He's a guy that he wants to bring in. I think I was sort of on the fence. I still thought he could be a top six, but I really love that game from him. I, everything looked perfect. I know it was more his Sicily first evolved. <laughs> I love yeah. Sicily. Like, I I've owned him in the past. In the last you know years, he was relevant, and um, I just love him as a bloke and a player, to be honest as well. But yeah, more on the game. The first obviously quarter was insane, and the fourth quarter was really good. Second and third, he might have, he got lost a bit on Cameron, and the cats started to play well in those parts. But you know the role itself and what he's doing, George. I mean, what did you see from him and and the whole Hawks game plan? They used him a lot at a defense. I think the concerns in the preseason was first of all he played full blown key position in the preseason, that and game, yeah. we we didn't we didn't see him with MP with Day with. Bramble's still Bramble's, out. Yeah. Um, yeah. Hardwick, what's the kick and split? Like, he's the main guy. No one's, and Scrimshaw's also out. Is he out? I can't remember. I, think, I believe he's coming back. I think, yeah. yeah, he's back. He's back. Well, anyway, so he's I there think, too. Um, at the end of the day, he's still value at 500K. He's playing really well. Um, he's demanding the footy. I've been saying that for a few weeks now. You got the, you know, the Jane Shaw, Aaron Hall job. You'd, Take the kick in, you take the kick in, you kick it to someone, you run up the line, get the receive, get, get another. He was doing that. So he wants the ball. He wants to use, he's a great ball user as well. Had a few clangers here and there. And thank Should God he missed goal. that goal. Oh, <laughs> he Jesus. only had one clanger. I thought he had more than that. They just yeah. weren't registered, to be honest. It, yeah. Like, he's not that. Yeah. How many marks he did he have? It, like, short kicks or to long to contests in a wet. It was pretty dour game. Sometimes it's hard to get, have a clanger if you don't take on any hard kicks. But yeah, 15 yeah. marks as well. 15 <laughs> yeah. marks, right? That's that's the ridiculous <laughs> number, right? So so even if the game plan is to put it through him a lot, that is well above what you'd expect. I think he's averaging something like nine marks for the year now, which is pretty insane. Most in the league. Is it? Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. that would make sense. It's a, it's a crazy number. Overtaken, uh, what Brayshaw from the Demons? He's been slacking. <laughs> yeah. Oh, after that twenty. So I think um, with this. Just... So yeah, you go speak. on. I was going to say, say he should yeah. score more because, like, yeah, he was insane in the first quarter. He just went missing in the second and third. So you would have thought he would score more from this game, but I just think the way the game panned out didn't help. Yeah, I, I do think it is a little bit of a worry that his flexibility does mean that he may get thrown around at points in the year. Like, so we saw him get thrown forward for a touch. We've seen him be used as a lockdown defender. So I think there's like possibly some week to week 
games or circumstances where he does have a bad score. But overall, I mean, he's playing really well at the moment. And if you could guarantee me more games like the Geelong game plan on the weekend, I yeah, I think George is right that he's a lot of value at his price. Yeah. Would you be bringing him in this week at 500k? I think the answer is yes for George. Yeah, but the problem is I want guys like I I can't go another week without Tim English. It's driving me nuts. And yeah. uh, I want to get a primo mid in who are going to outscore Sicily. So kind of chasing points a bit here. But Sicily's definitely one I might bring in, but I think I'll go the a different route. But yeah, more than happy to bring him in if, if that pans out that way. He'd be my number one target in defense this week because of the break even and price. Yep. Um, all right, we probably should not speed us up a bit, but move on to Jack Sinclair. I, I think he just looked awesome again. Uh, still a speculative pick at this point, but um, I don't think I have any problem with people bringing him in. He, he's put five tons together now in a row. Um, the role looks good. I just, yeah, look, I think Zach Jones is back soon, but he's more of a midfielder. And Hunter Clark, I'm not too sure how far away he is, but he's looked awesome. He's looked really, really good. And he's, you know, main part of why the Saints have been pretty impressive this year what quick thoughts on jack sinclair boys yeah, from think last week or the are i mean i think he was one of my top targets last week just because of the value presented and i think the problem is he's just one more week removed from that so he's up at 550k now you're comparing him to people like doherty and stewart that i think Doherty's what 570 i'm assuming stewart's probably around the same and i yeah. i think i'd probably rather pay 20k more and get stewart than i would for sinclair now um so when it was like 50k difference a week ago, then I, I can see the argument. But yeah, that's that's the only problem. But he has been somewhat impressive. It's just the fact that he's not proven and he's a late breakout that makes me a little bit hesitant. Um, so yeah. But yeah, like if you got on him, then good stuff. I think the Saints have had a pretty soft fixture so far. And he seems to be getting most of the ball down back. I didn't see a whole lot of midfield time on the weekend from memory. But yeah, he's just doing whatever he wants back there. They give him the ball, goes for a run. Makes a play over and over again. Yeah. So Sinclair had no CBAs the last two weeks now. Okay. Yep. That makes sense then. Uh, he's getting most of the most kickouts, I think. I think he had four. So I think he's a good, good solid pick. Uh, he had a one week hamstring last year. So I'll pass. <laughs> but <yeah. laughs> the hypocrisy of bringing Aaron Hall, I have to live with that. But yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah. He looks good. But I'm surprised people haven't put time into him yet, to be honest. But. Um, move on quickly, Jake Lloyd. George, are you a little bit of a fan of his this year? What did you see from him on, on Friday night? This is Jake Lloyd standard stuff. Last two weeks, they've conceded six behinds total. So he's only had like three or four kick-ins. And yeah, he had that one poor game of 70-odd or whatever it was. Oh, happily, I'm not sure he's top six, but the durability, the price... I think he'll go close to the top six. So I'm more than happy to bring in Jake Lloyd for five. I think he's 540 now with a 140 break even. I'm hoping that he's a low 500s over the next two or three weeks and I'll bring him in more than happy to bring him, bring him in. So I, they are using a lot of others back there, but he's still the main kick in player back there. And he's, he's played really well in patches. Like it's kind of like disappears a bit has a big quarter or a half, but, um, Still happy to bring him in. Are you guys thinking about bringing in Jake Lloyd? JD? It's just there's so many other good defenders. So once again, like I've got one spot left. Is 
Lloyd the person I want to spend on that spot at 540k like maybe if you got down to low 500s he's good enough value that I'd consider him but for me it's going to be someone like a Stewart or a Doherty if I want the real top end primo or if I'm looking for value it'll be someone like Hall around the buy once he's had a few weeks back and he's low 500s (laughs) I'm sorry like but it's low 500 for a 125 oh my god like yeah I don't know I so like it's just it's just not likely that I consider someone like Lloyd now fair enough i'm similar i've i got four defenders but i still like dacos back there for a bit and, and hinge and um maybe in a few weeks like you said if he's still 500k i'll consider him but i'm not the biggest fan uh of him but he looks like he gets set durability is a really big positive with him let's move on to the midfield we got still a bit to go so <laughs> unless you got can, any other defenders did you want yeah can i just in? throw like one like left field one that no one's mentioned at all because he hurt a lot of with people o? last I year with uh no. oh and i was gonna i was gonna talk about witherden but i was gonna talk about may just because he burned a lot of people last year he's been averaging like 10 kick-ins a week uh like it's just a lot of free kicks he's the only person in melbourne that takes him his average is 108 three round average of 119 uh, I think he's top scored a couple of weeks. Any any thoughts for May at all? It's no. Salem out, right? Isn't it? That's the kick in business. Uh, yeah, I guess so, so because Salem. Uh, no, Salem didn't take any first couple of weeks. I think. Um, he, how early did he die? Didn't he die in the first? Uh he yeah, might have died week one, half, right? Maybe. Yeah. Yes, he did die. Yeah, yeah. Uh, okay, so maybe that. Okay, what about within and then? That was the other one I did look at, but then like moved off. I think it. Look, George will say no. I already know because he's he has injury history. But oh, he's got a hamstring um, last. Yeah, year he did sure. a hamstring in 2012. Um, <laughs> Shannon Hearn, if he was to to disappear, then I think he'd come right into consideration. But he seems to have already kind of taken over him at this point in the season. Yeah, it's it's um, just crazy. He's got a three round average of 122, so 134. Uh, 127 and 106 over the last three. Um, had a poor score in round two, and I don't think he played round one because of suspension. I want to say it was an injury, one of the two. I don't care. 520, <laughs> 520k though, it's just he's very cheap. So if you're looking at a defender this week, then Witherden is like an interesting pod for yeah. mine. I just think, and just because West Coast, okay. well, it's just that West Coast is so bad. Oh, yeah. I guess. But like, yeah, West Coast is so bad, and he's taking a lot of the kickouts. Um, probably like, maybe a little bit under half with Hearn. So yeah, I don't know. But yeah, I guess it's one of those ones where if Hearn goes down, like I think very good um, option. At this point, George just wants us to shut up. I think JD. Oh okay, yeah. I mean, it, it with it in work. <laughs> yeah. George I don't found out on um, on Witherden's mum's Instagram that she had a hammy, and so he's worried <laughs> about the genetics. Oh. <laughs> uh, What's his anyway. time ground? He used to have bad timing. It's 82. Okay. I just was watching the game and he's taking everybody kick yak. He's always had this sort of scoring in him. He just yeah. hasn't been given opportunity and had a few things to work on. It could work. I just, I don't want to stuff around. With it, this feels like, like this. it feels like him next year could be like short this year where like Hearn retires, same with Hooley, and it just becomes so obvious that you start him. But anyway, let's, let's keep going. Let's go. Let's go mids. This is where this is the fun part. This is the big dogs. We got to bring in. I mean, quite a few this year. I don't think many people started with heaps of them. So at least four, I think people need to bring in throughout this season. So there is a couple of options this this week. Um, I think first we got here Christian Petrarca versus Andrew Brayshaw. So Christian Petrarca, 
he's um, look, he started huge, then had a couple of down weeks getting tagged. Last week, the the two goals and I think close to 30 touches with a 116. And look, his break even is 132. They got the Tigers this week. That's a very good matchup. And then, as we spoke about previously, that Melbourne's draw opens right up. Brayshaw is um, averaging 130, and that's with a couple of 90s as well, um, bursting through some tags. Um, has the big 180 um, this season. His break even's 123. Um, and he just off the back of a 130 against the Bombers last week. Boys, if you had to choose and who was coming in this week, I know there's a slight price difference, so it's about 30K, which um, can play into your decision. But who, who would you be bringing in if you had to choose? George? I put this question so you could help me out. Um, <laughs> oh, it's hard. I'm This is just me being pessimistic, but Petraga had a sore head knee strapping in round four. Uh-huh. He did. And then he uh, twisted his knee during that week after he had the knee strapping, apparently, at training and was listed as in doubt for round one, uh, doubt for round five, and then played without strapping in round five. So a little confused, but looked all right. Um, I think Petrarca, if you look at the fixture, Melbourne's next five is a piss take, and Fremantle's fixture, the first five, was a piss take. So those games are gone. Oh, yeah, yeah. Fremantle's fixture upcoming is harder, right? Because I've got Carlton and Geelong the next two. If from memory, I, was, I think on Fox Footy, I don't think Freo have been anyone above 12th. From last year, yeah. I think. Oh, something like that. Um, so, oh, no, probably... Yeah, it'd be currently I mean, this year. Essendon made finals last year, so they were... Yeah, no, and Giants yeah, did, yeah, so yeah. I'm sorry. Yeah. It is this year. It is yeah, this yeah, year. But yeah, on, yeah. on the other hand, they both got tagged twice. I think that both mm. of them had a bit of a release tag at some point, but... Yeah, so Essendon put uh, McGrath to run with him uh, for with Petrarca, and then did he get another tag? No, he just had the poor game with Port. They didn't tag him, did they? I think no, Drew was on him to a little oh, bit. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah. But that's and the then, thing. He's now the guy over Clary. It's clearly shifted. Yeah. Um, and then Bray got hard tagged a couple of games, right? Because they had the GWS double tag on him. And he also got tagged. He got Jackson Nelson for a half. And then he yes. broke through that because they were yeah. spanking him. So Yeah. yeah. Uh, and then Essen decided not to tag him, which was like bizarre. So he had a, But GWS yeah. also decided not to tag anyone, right? This week, yeah, bizarre. this week, yeah. Which After tagging Brochure, yeah. <laughs> like Leon Cameron, eh? Leon Cameron, eh? Who are you choosing, JD? Uh, I think I'd go Petrarca just because of the fixture. Um, yeah, good team. Yep. Like, better team, good fixture. I just feel safe. And, like, we... And 30 he's, Yeah, yeah. And he's less, probably less taggable of the two, even though they're both taggable. And then, yeah, the, the money helps a little bit as well. Uh, but I mean, he did have some knee strapping <laughs> because occasionally it swells after coming off six day breaks. So we should be checking he finished out that training day session, breaks. By the way, like he yeah. did. Uh, did you see yeah. the um, footage of him playing yeah. soccer with the D's and like kicking the goal and sliding? That didn't look like someone that was having knee problems to me. I'll bring him in then. It's all good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, my heart, my heart so wants to say Brayshaw. I do love him, but it, it, it is Petrarca. Oh, it's so hard. Like, I don't think you can go too wrong with either. I love, I want no. both at some point. Yeah. Yeah. Better point is you think they're both top eight for this season. I think Petrarca was 120 plus post buy last year. So, yeah. I did get a fair chunk of that. 
All right, now the next one. Yeah, go on. So just like one other thing is like Petrarca seems like he's becoming or like leaning into that big game player kind of reputation. And so I think even playing some of the big teams isn't going to hurt him anymore. Like those are games where you actually might see the 140s where you would, you know, instead normally expect a down game. So anyway, I like I like Petrarca. Yeah. Yeah, he's going to dominate this week. Oh, and he could have had an even bigger score. Because he had that goal that was taken back by the push in the back on the line. Oh, okay. Yeah. Did, did you not see this? Like, I think it was... <laughs> no. It, oh, was it Langdon or something? It was Langdon or... Yeah, I think it was Langdon that pushed the GWS guy. Was and like, he kicked, he kicked us. Yeah, well, so it was there, right? But it didn't affect the goal. Like, he, the yeah. goal went through above the defender's height. It's just there was a push there that called back a, like, kick from 50-meter arc that sailed through the goal. So, yeah, he could, could have had an even bigger score on the weekend. We, anyway, um, I We should have started umpire stuff. We could be here for another hour. Yeah. Um, the next one is Jack Steele versus Clayton Oliver. Say for whatever instance, you're bringing in two big guys and, you, you, you know, you go on, say, a track and then you have the luxury of going a more expensive guy and you know, Clayton Oliver had that weird down game uh, two weeks ago, which which has him on a 113 average for the season. But better yet, has him with a break even still of 174. So obviously, same matchup and and fixture as Petraka, um, just coming off a 118. And then Jack Steele, um, a little bit concerned at the start of the season, but I think it was the same last year. He's just I don't know, just not the best starter off the blocks, but he's already sort of worked himself into it and. St. Kuda looked really good, and his break-even's only, only 115. So, still 640 and, and Clary's 620. Would you be encouraging, I don't know, getting both Melbourne boys and going Clary a week early with his big break-even? Does, does that worry you, George, or you don't care about that? I'd probably... There's every chance he hits it, but um, I'd probably save a bit of money and uh, wait a week on Oliver. Out of these, so I'd pick Steel. Breaks my heart. Yep. I went Steel to Crips. It really does. I hate that so yeah. much, but... Um, yeah, I'd go steal. Bit of steal. Yep. JD? Uh, so the same price, it's easily steal. With price in consideration, it's easily Oliver. And you just wait a week to do that trade. Fair enough. Yeah, I think you got to wait for Clary. Um, you know, focus on your protractor. I guess if you're getting both in, that's that's probably good. And they both could go absolutely monstrous this week. Um, George has got Baz down here. This is a really weird one. He's the number one ranked player in fantasy. I, uh, by a mile, by the way. Team, so, <laughs> yeah. for, for average, for average, for average only. For average, right. He missed one game. It's not, it's um, not by a mile. Like, Brayshaw's on his It's like heels. 10 points clear. Is he? Is he yeah. like high up? Oh, yes, he's 135. Holy. What's Brayshaw? <laughs> 126. Oh, man. Nine points bad. clear. So, that's look, he crazy. just had 43 touches. Um I kicked a couple of points too. He could have gone even bigger, but his ratio wasn't great. He, he's been using. He's it torching poorly, it. But, he's um, torching it bad. What do you think is going to continue, George? The, the role with the dogs players is always the question, but he's getting a lot of CBAs this year, more than he really sort of ever has. Um, Forty-three continues. What the no, hell? I know. Uh, uh, it's funny. You look at the most disposals in the league. Number one, Baz. Number two, Sam Walsh is the average. So I think that's pretty cool from the same draft year. <laughs> cool. um, well, Hunter's out. Do they just, do something with Baz? Out, yeah. And you know what's going to happen? We're going to be like, I oh, better not touch Baz now because Hunter's out. And he's, Baz is going to dominate again. So um, I oh, did mention maybe they 520K. He's 520K. That yeah. is. They could call up Pinsky from the seconds finally. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Riley West stuck there forever. Yeah. Um, <laughs> 
Oh, then uh, I won't bring in Baz. He he had a hip issue and a groin issue and uh, took a mental health break. Look, he's Baz. He he'll get off every game. I got um, little doubt about that, but I guess that's some consideration. Um, I'll, I'll pass on Baz, but I'll just enjoy watching him. But um, he can't average if he's averaging like one thirty-five in fantasy and one twenty super coach. Like that's not sustainable. Surely not. That's <laughs> I don't think anyone's ever done one thirty-five before. I'm not sure um, in that format, but I'll oh. pass on Baz. I wouldn't talk anyone out of it though because thirty-six touches Price a game plays is a big part. Five twenty k is very cheap, and could he become a top ten mid and be a M eight? He looks like it. Yeah. Yeah. JD. Yeah, I actually the price is like pretty amazing at five twenty two because it does open up options for for what you're trading, especially if you're trying to get two primos in and you're kind of struggling on how to do it. Uh, the other thing, of course, that we've mentioned a million times before with all the dogs players, their their fixture is super soft in the coming weeks. Dogs in the Adelaide, days, man. It's crazy. Adelaide, Essendon, Port, Collingwood. Gold Coast, West Coast, like, come on, oh that's God. just, it's so soft up until they're by. So that is the only other question. If you had McRae, English, and Dunkley already, is bringing in Bazlanka as well just a little bit too much? If It depends on your buys. If you have more than like seven players in that buy, then probably yes. If not, a, I don't see A lot of people have, I guess, took Miller as well. It's probably the only other like super relevant one. But I think that otherwise that buy is pretty empty on premiums. Unless I'm... I think it was Sydney if you have Heaney or Lloyd as well. In each oh, line. yeah. Okay. I don't have. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Because then you could have potentially Dunkley, English and Heaney all missing from your forward line, which is pretty bad. And then... Uh, just looked, boys. I've got Stuart and Dawson as well. <laughs> Oh, okay. Oh, but that, that's like that's that's the know, one line that doesn't line. share yeah. with them. Yeah, yeah. And then it's Took Miller is the one that would share it with McRae and Bazlenka. So I guess if you've got McRae, yeah, yeah. I don't know. That's that's the only other thing, which is like how many is too many? But he's definitely value at his price. Like we're talking about some of these other five twenty k options, like Witherden or like Sicily at five hundred. Baz seems like a better value play with more upside. It's the time on ground as well. It's 95 to it's like 94, 97, yeah. something like that every week. Like, what the hell? Playing inside of like, that's Just like Neil in forward. COVID year numbers. Yeah. yeah. And, and look, to be honest, I'm looking at getting off Essendon. Uh, as a team to follow. So I might just do the Jaws approach, which is trade in all the dogs and just like pretend I'm a dogs man. Yeah. You yes, know, my team I, won this week. Yeah. 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 Team. I've said it before, but when the crows are on at the same time with the dogs, it's, uh, uh, I don't say, I don't say nothing, but I like the other, I like watching the dogs, but uh, I'm a horrible person. I know, but that's all right. All right. We'll anyway. quickly touch on the other, the other big dog from that draft. And that's, that's Sammy Walsh. He was racking them up early that game. What, 16 in the first quarter? Was cooking. Look, it's weird. Like, they've never... How many games this season has Carlton played with full all their mids? I think it's one. <laughs> yeah. So... And that was know, the one Walsh was returning from injury and, like, started yeah, out slow, still right? Still had 30-odd... I think he still had 30-odd touches, but... Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Look, he's a guy that was in 34. my side all preseason. Um, yeah, he's just crazy, isn't he? Um, I mean, did he get tagged a bit on the weekend um, by Carl Amon? A little bit that of attention. didn't really work, yeah. did it? No. So, yeah, like, I don't think he's a priority bring-in with all the guys we've just mentioned. Um, I think he has a first buy, if I'm not mistaken. So he's, he's someone I want to look at after that and, and for the run home, um, for sure. I don't know if you guys have any differing views, but that, that seems best for me. 
with Walsh. We were just hoping we'd get him at a much cheaper price and there'd be a slower start, and it just hasn't really happened. So given that he's coming off the injury and it's a stacked midfield we haven't seen work together, and it's the first buy, I think for all the reasons you've said, you kind of wait and see what happens and bring him in as maybe one of your last upgrades. Because um, it's just, yeah, like it's someone that we would have loved to have started with if, if he was still there. And definitely like one of the guys I was playing with starting as well. Um, his stat line is amazing though. It's like 33 touches, five marks, four tackles through the first four games. And he's giving away like a few frees a game. So if he cleans that up, because they're clean as against, his scoring could go crazy, um, you know, well into the 120s. But weekend is gone. He had three clangers. They were all free kicks. He didn't. He didn't have any clangers with the footy. That's thirty really thirty eight touches. No, no clangers from disposal is pretty pretty nuts. So, so he's he just like he's in the same category as some of these others where you just want him in your team because you want to cheer for him week in week <laughs> yeah, out. I love just it. watch him go around the ground. Um. So yeah, yeah. It's um. Yep. That's a that's a tough one to sit out and not have. But I think that's just where he's priced at at the moment. He's probably less attractive than some of the other options that we've talked about. So, you know, 610 versus Petrarca at 575. Yeah. Or even Clary for 10K more. Mm-hmm. You don't have anything else, George, I think. That'll Look at him post-fly, but wouldn't talk anyone out of getting him now. Fair enough. All right, now we've got to get to the forwards. We've been going quite a while. But this again, yeah. like it's it's a big talking point, and that's that's Tim English. Like he is F two just to Heaney. Still, I think he's four points total, you know, between them. And then oh, that's King Isaac. <laughs> I shouldn't have said it, but we have to talk about him as well. And then he's Ruck one, so like it, <laughs> he could be the top in two two bloody positions come the end of the year. Surely not. I mean, the way Gorn's uh, going, I'd probably overtake him. But yeah, he'll be like, close. 570 and I think what did you say a 97 break even so you can wait wait a week but we mentioned the dogs fixtures 10 times already they also apply to Tim English so what are you thinking George I think he's coming into your team this week is that what you're going to do so sick of the value picks <laughs> killing me every week I can't take it anymore Sicily English now gone I think none of us have any of them right Oh, he's not a value pick, but yeah. Yeah, yeah no, but no, no, sorry, no, essentially not, no English. Yeah. You can't sit No, I don't have Heaney either, and I don't have Brody. Like, uh, there's so many good value picks I don't have. And Crips, the yeah. one I traded in, of course, got injured. Yeah. <laughs> Same. It's, I, I can't, like, every week it's like, I might have an okay score. Nope. English 140, Sicily 130. <laughs> God. Heaney 130. Heaney 110, <laughs> I think. Yeah. <laughs> And it's oh, not I'm even that kidding. my players are doing badly. Like I'm looking at them like, oh, hundreds across the board, but it's just not a 130. It's not a 140. It's so annoying. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, what, what can you say in English? It's it's, it's not going to change. I don't think Steph Martin's coming in. I just Too many marks around the ground, just floating back, taking intercepts. He's got a few easy he's, kills as well. He's with not Sam like Hayes other and BJ Williams coming up. They yeah. want to use him. You know, like yeah. even with Gorn and stuff, right? He's perfectly good around the ground. But Melbourne players will sometimes see him and decide not to use him. That doesn't really happen with English. They still use him. Like, they just treat him like anyone else in that midfield. They're not really worried about giving it to him under pressure. It's somewhat insane to see. Because he's a bad tap ruckman. He's still not a good tap ruckman. But just, like, the the around-the-ground use is nuts. And in a team that is, like, so super coach friendly with a fixture that's so soft, 
George, the question I have to you is if I'm only trading in Petrarca or English this week, they're basically the same price. Am I crazy for considering bringing in English over Petrarca? Uh, okay, so what does Petrarca average? 115 to 120, maybe more. Yep. What is English average? I think 115. And I hate to say it. 115 for a forward is like F1, F2, F3, whatever. But there's potentially other midfielders that I can get at 570k in the future that might go 115 for the back half of the year. Mm. We got to get I'm him, boys. Sure. We gotta I just want to get him in. Yeah. yeah. I'm getting, I'm getting so both. Much. <laughs> <laughs> it is, yeah. Uh, uh, I think Petrarca's like, got a bit more upside. So if you want to play for upside, maybe go for track. But I think like English is like top one to three in position, worst case. I think Petrarca is probably a five to ten range. Maybe like fourth to, fourth to tenth range, I think. Yeah. So which which yeah. buy does Melbourne have? Sorry. Last one, worst one with Brayshaw, with Neil, with Oliver, with Crisp, with Sicily. I mean, it's, it's bad, but it's good. It's good in the sense that if you've got spare trades, you can make up ranks and points and stuff out of it. But yeah, yep, I take your point. So yeah, English. Yeah, and I know we've mentioned the fixture, but the Rucks fixture makes more sense sort of with English. Like, we know he's going to do what he does around the ground, but let's add in maybe he can get some Ruck points here. And he's got Rob this week. Rob's Rob's decent. Draper. He's been up and down. Then he, up and down. He's been up and down. Mm-hmm. Draper the week after, who's on his own now with no Phillips. But Draper's, Draper's um, capable. But then he gets Port Adelaide. That's Sam Hayes. Grundy, then mm-hmm. Wits. But then he gets BJ Williams or Stranatica or I don't know. Uh, one of those flappy things in the wind, whoever they've got playing that week. <laughs> Reese Stanley, and then it's the buy. So that's pretty bloody good. Like, yes, we know he's going to do it around the ground, but he can still get some ruck points there as well. I don't we know I know we don't need it, but ruck cover kind of a little bit as nice. Well. You have Bruce. Yeah. Although we have Cherry, but I think Cherry will be gone in like three weeks. So yeah. And then it compounds with me with the Grundy out move to where I Look, it looks stupid because I'm boosting and I'm just making that direct swap essentially while upgrading elsewhere. But down the line, he becomes ruck cover. He can play R2 um, and allows me to get those other two cash makers. Like it's just, uh, it makes too much sense. And I just don't think the scoring is going to stop. So, yeah. So I think there's two different things here, right? Like if you're picking to upgrade Petrarca versus English is one issue. And I can see arguments for both sides. But the the second point you're bringing up is like, would you straight swap Grundy to English this week? It's kind and of what people are effectively doing. With and the, I'm, yeah, yeah, and boosting to do it. And look, I haven't used a boost yet, so maybe it's not the worst thing. But others might have used one, or maybe two, or you know. I don't know. I don't think he outscores him that much that it's worth a boosted side swap. No. The more the more is- I think about it, the more I wouldn't sacrifice Grundy to get Sam Hayes in. I think. So tough. Just I, depends, I, yeah. on, depends on Bruce's yeah. name, team sheets, I think, for me. This is where I'll make my decision. Oh, all right, let's not go too much longer. Isaac yeah. Heaney, well, he can't keep 120 up. We, I don't think. I think we know that, but I think he can go 105, 110 for the rest of the year, and he'll sort of be the F I think it's three, four, five, I would say. Two. 
Um, <laughs> he's. I feel like he's 535, 40K with a 60 break even, 60 or 70. I feel like this is the last chance. Otherwise, you might as well just pay for a mid. Yep. yep. Or get him um, very late after the buy or something. He's... CBAs are going down each week and his scores are still going up. His price is still going up. <laughs> Devs do something. There's something wrong with the Supercoach game. There's something broken. Can we please patch this, this bullshit? Can I, <laughs> can I just say, he was not well for the North game. They pulled him off with 15 minutes He did minutes play the last go. 15 minutes for the West Coast they, game. They put the old Rolls Royce in the shed. And then last <laughs> game, that's crap. No, no, man. no, wait. No, this game, did they rest him this game? No, they rested yeah, him this game. Yeah. Yeah. West Coast, really. he didn't yeah, play. Yeah. 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 You got let off, JD. Man. <laughs> I like, what is he? He's like 40% owned, right? Like, this is just like one of the most hurtful things each <laughs> oh, week. Look, oh. As much as I love the pick and um, needed it so badly to work, I wasn't expecting this. This is ridiculous. No, of course not. So, yeah. Uh, but back soon. Buddy's only a week or two away. And then. He'll play the sort of closer to 50 50 that he sort of was early ish, but hopefully that must him. Good hope, hope, hopefully, more midfield time makes him <laughs> yeah, score okay. worse because I can't like, <laughs> like him forward more. Like, so we said this preseason, he's a 95 average forward. That was never in question. So, the, by the um, way, like, this is the long, my like, long, longest of long cons, right? Because he was in, you know, he was in our sides up until I that preseason know. game where they just played him forward. And we're no, like, no, 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 he tricked joke. us again. He's tricked us again. Let's take him out. Let's take him out. And everyone. Entire disc, entire Discord had Heaney. If you didn't have Heaney, you were like, "Get Heaney in, you idiot!" And then everyone took him out except for me and like four <laughs> other people in general after the game. And then it's like, I wanted oh. him, man. I love him. I wanted him, man. Yeah. I just had to pick Bloody. Yeah, if Bloody Horse yeah. didn't do that to us, we were. Oh, that's not even why team. I got rid of him. That's not. I yeah. didn't care. Uh, that was. I mean, was there's other stuff going on with structures and stuff as well, which made it even worse. And it's why like English wasn't considered as much as, even though like he was on the list. Yeah. It's just like you couldn't yeah. do it with the structure behind like Dunkley, Butters, and Heaney. But yeah, like and defending oh, and stuff. It hurts so much. You shouldn't have got punished for 122 average over five rounds, but it's happened, <laughs> and you can't do anything about it's it. It's a story. <laughs> it's a story of the year. It's a story of the year. It's just like. It's just like. Uh, yeah. I just look. I don't think I'd be on this podcast tonight if I did Crips over Heaney. I think I just oh. would have retired. I think I would have retired. I just wouldn't. I could not forget myself. But anyway, we you got butters like, here. Yeah, the sideways on. trade I was looking at last week was got Crips to English, and I really regret not doing that now. But I mean, hindsight's twenty twenty, so it is what it is. Yeah, I did the move that um, should normally work, and it just didn't work again. And that's like the story said because you see it. the stuff that should work, none of it has worked. Like yeah. that's this it's season, just, man. That's what's but, got me doing the weird shit. Yeah, hopefully, hopefully it's just one year, and then next year's. But I don't know. I'm already planning for 2023. Are you starting the fantasy channel? <laughs> yeah, oh man, my fantasy team's good. Let's talk about that for it. No, no, come on. We've got one more forward on the list. I know. We really gone. Yeah, we'll skip Butters. We've spoken about him. The goalie, yeah, he's, George, he's fine. Uh, JD, what All are you right, seeing the, with the goalie? Yeah, the I think goalie. he's fifth in the coaches' votes this season, and missed a he game. Is. Like he's in real yep. good form. Yep, 480k, and he's got the role that we wanted Heaney to have um, in the sense that he actually has the midfield time, the CBAs. He led them again with 88% on the weekend, has led them through most of the games he's played. Somewhat of a soft draw in the sense that he's still got Essen and play twice. So that's pretty nice, um, as well as Gold Coast and Richmond in the coming weeks. So, yeah, nice fixture, good role, good form, coaches' votes. And we saw over the back end of last year that in that midfield role, he can score really well. 480k, 74 break even this week. I actually think he's a really good option 
looks like he should be a top six forward. Obviously, some some I'm not going to sugarcoat this. He sounds like an absolute douchebag off field, and it's not an endorsement of his character in any form whatsoever. I don't know the guy. I've just seen the stuff in the media. Don't like it. But from a super coach perspective, it just seems like a really good option this week. One that I haven't seen a lot of people talk about. And maybe it's because there's just so much other nice stuff in your forward lines, like English, Heaney, and Brody, which I don't have. So you don't need to consider someone like uh, Dugowie. But yeah, 480K, I think he's a really good option this week. And I prefer him over Heaney, which, look, How dare it's, you? Not, that's, 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 <laughs> it's not going to work. It's not going to work. Obviously, it's not going to work because nothing this year has worked. But this should be the pick that works, Dugowie. As a trade in this week, I think I, I kind of agree with that, with the price factor and, and whatnot. But... Yeah, there's always worries with Dugowie off field. Is he going to play out the season? Is something going to pop up? He's also he's had in a contract injuries. year, though, right? Or he's I'm, like, I'm sure Dr. You know. George will. Yeah, he is contract year, actually. Yeah, yeah. So he hasn't done a great year. He's paying for the million bucks a year. So, yeah. yeah. What do you think, George? Just quickly. He's all right. I don't want to know. I think he's like fifth to eighth F forward rank, I think. Something like that. Possibly upside for more. Still don't think he's getting like the cheapies in the back half as much as he was last year. He's fine if you want him. I'll pass. I'm happy with my forwards. I have seven at the moment. So Yeah, that doesn't really so there we go. Pardon yep. me. All right, we'll quickly move on and finish with two rookies that are on the bubble. Um, besides Bruce, we've already spoken about him. Big Roses, we've got. Big Roses. <laughs> Shout out Lang. Shout out One of the Lang. Yeah. <laughs> owned him last year for an average of what, 22? He needed a player for the back. buys. Avoided that donut for the buys. Got 20 average. <laughs> well, oh, man. I, I watched the Gold the Coast game. Yeah, uh, yeah. Oh, I just I posted his stats on Twitter. I think he's 95 and 85 in the VFL, 270s in the AFL. So looks pretty good. Had three goals in his first game, missed, I think, zero goals, two in his second game. Getting up the ground a bit, making some plays. Um, time and ground isn't super great. I think it's like 68 or something. 61, 68, I think. Something like that. Might be more, I can't remember. But um, I think he's the best this week. I think he's fine to pass on. He really annoys how I have Durden as well, plus the two 102K fuck forward. So it really annoys my structure. But it'll only be for two weeks. So um, I'm not fielding him, but... I'm happy to grab him this I think he's the best option this week, but if you want to pass, no issues. But I think he, yeah. there's enough evidence to say he might be okay. 270s can't he should make at least 100 k with I don't know, 255. So and I think his job security is okay because he's played himself into the team and he's playing better than Rankin. So <laughs> yeah. Which I mean it's fortunate that Rankin's in the team because he takes the best small defender and Roses gets second best at the moment, which I think probably helps him a little bit. Um, but yeah, they've got a somewhat tough schedule upcoming. I'm mean, like Brisbane, Collingwood, Swans, which worries me as a small forward in a bad team. Yeah, that does worry me a bit. Yeah. Yep. And but, what George said before, the him and Durden factor, they're going to be both guys you really probably don't want to field, and they're both going to be on your bench. And mm. structure, a little bit annoying with the structure. The other one is Wind Hager from the Saints. That we spoke about him not too long ago, and just don't think his job security is too great. What's he averaging about 38 across the two games he's played? Um, yeah, I just look, Zach Jones, I just keep reading articles about him this week of him, you know, with a massive return to the VFL. Um, he, ha- he can't be far away. I just don't think there's a spot 
for a rookie like him in the side for too much longer. And plus, yeah, he hasn't scored too great. So I wouldn't be going near him, I don't think, if I can avoid it. Mm-hmm. Nothing else yeah. to add. All right, oh, we're, we're probably... not going to talk about Flynn Perez. Oh, yeah. Go, go on, actually. Yep, yep. 147k defender for North. He's had two pretty poor scores. Uh, so a 32 and a 41. So low average. I guess the big thing here, though, is with Hall going down, uh, he got kick-ins in the fourth quarter and maybe, you know, potentially um, opens up some disposals and some chip to your kick, kick to kick game down back with them seemingly looking like they're going to um, proceed with Zebel forward. He is one that I guess you have to go a little bit blind faith on that his scoring is going to improve, but the job security seems to be okay. I guess it's just it's a little bit like Roses, who's awkward to get into our forward lines. We're not really ready to get rid of um, a lot of the defender rookies at the moment either. So getting him into sides, I, I could see being quite awkward for a lot of people as well. Um, but yeah, I guess that's probably the only other one that's worth considering this week. But yeah, a, a, a bit harder to go on him over someone like Roses, just given that Roses is cheaper and has two better scores in the system. Beautiful. And then we better finish off with some vice captain and captain, although... Like last week, that worked a treat. I don't think we really need to talk too much about this, and that's one Jackson McRae at Mars Stadium. He must love space or something because he averages about 150 down there in like seven games, which is just stupid. So, yeah, I know that was the worst joke you've ever heard, J.D. You don't have to tell me. <laughs> so bad. I, I wanted to do like one of those, like, you know, steel laughs, like the really over-the-top thing again. Because it's just man, so he scored bad. like... I don't know why Supercoach here, they've got Mars Stadium, six games, 140, like 135 average, and then they've got a separate Mars Stadium with the 189. But before I do that math, that's got to be mid-140s average there. So I don't even care. If you don't have a loop, just put the C on him, man. I don't think it really matters. You could have done some like Space Rover, Ruck Rover, Mars Stadium Mars, joke. What else you... it's, it's, yeah, there's there's yeah, material yeah. there. I had nothing, man. I'm not a comedian. I don't pretend to be. Who <laughs> <laughs> Look... If he failed somehow, who was your who is your backup? McRae into Neil. Don't overthink it. Yep. If you have Steel, you could go Steel into McRae. Otherwise, back up and go home. McRae into Steel. Oh, no, I mean McRae into Neil like everyone else. Yep. Yep. Took, Just Took doesn't really have the trust. Took doesn't really have the trust. Needs to earn it back here. Yep. Uh, and also, Barry could be sent to him this week. Like, realistically, they've used Barry in a quasi-tagging role. Miller oh, has been God. a little bit susceptible to it. So, yeah, that could happen. Cool. All right, boys. That's been well over an hour and 40 almost. And I don't know really still what I'm doing this week. And there's so many players in and out to decide. But that's the fun of this game is trying to maneuver that. And this is the part of the season where it does start to sort of get enjoyable. You bring more good players into your team. You don't have to worry more about rookie roulette, uh, rookie roulette and George getting two tons on field from from guys that, I mean, he'll say he deserved it, but um, I don't think me and JD will agree. But <laughs> anyway, <laughs> we'll be getting the good players in. So this is this is the fun part. And the boost, like, I don't, we didn't talk too much about the strategy there, but um, I think boost it's just your ass off now. boost the hell away, really. Like, yep. just do it. Um, so good to boost, talk to you boys. Um, boost every week until you don't have any more now. Do, do I might save joke? one for the last, I might save one for the last buy. Does anyone have <laughs> sponsored, a sponsored? Anyone... Sponsored by Pfizer. Have a joke about the you, boosts or not? Give you as many boosts oh, as you want. Okay. Boo. 
um yeah that's been it I've, we've spoken too much i'm i'm sick of this so thanks for watching guys and listening we'll uh we'll see you guys next time peace